place to be. For living is the life for me. Land spreading out so far and wide. Keep Manhattan, just give me that countryside. But give me Park Avenue. Everybody, everybody. The Shores. The Shores. For sure. Times Square. You'll be my wife. Goodbye, City Life. All right, all previous episodes of Free Farm Friday are available free of charge. The entire human race don't cost nothing at crusadechannel.com. I believe that the URL would be forward slash free dash farm dash Friday. And that should take you to a landing page where all the episodes are. All right, let's talk about dioxin in the soil and how it gets there and other crap that's in the soil. What may be going on in the rivers and streams uh, in and around Palestine, Ohio. Now, by the by, this is another thing that remains scientifically unknown at this point. Anyone that says, I can pronounce with certainty that there is this and that and that, unless you're actually standing there and you've actually found and you're actually you know, dipped it up, put it in a, a, a test thing, sent it off to the lab, and uh, came back and, and, and then they came back and, they, and whoever t- tested goes, yep, 100, 100. Vinyl chloride, honey, vinyl chloride. Nobody knows. But we do know what vinyl chloride will do when it interacts with soil. And we certainly know what dioxin will do, and it's not good. As the guy said from the law firm that we played the video of in the first hour, there is no safe exposure level of vinyl chloride. That's really what you need to know. So if there's any in the environment in Palestine, Ohio, or in parts thereof, then you can't live there. So why are they telling people that they can? Again, this is the this is as big as I'm trying to remember the place in upstate New York where, oh gosh, you know what? M- Monday will know. Mitter Monday, the old farmer. The, the book was Rachel yes, Carlson's a, a Silent Spring. What was the town? Love Canal. Where? Love Canal. Love Canal. Love Canal. Love Canal. That's it. Love Canal. So have you ever heard of Love Canal? Now, there actually was, but was it a dioxin spill? Uh, the. Yes, there was dioxins involved. I don't remember what they came from or whether it was specifically from, from anything to do with vinyl chloride because there are other, other producers. Actually, it was PCBs, as I recall. It was PCBs, and it had to do with, with transformers, I think. Okay, well... Uh, insulating, yeah. Okay, well, a PCB does degrade into dioxin. Yeah, into, in, right. Right, that's what I think. That so a, polychlo- a polychloral or polychlorobutyl as I believe what PCB stands for, they will degrade into dioxin. But she wrote the book uh, *Silent Spring*. Uh, Al Gore read it when he was uh, when, when, when when he was in high school or whatever. And it affected the rest of my life. I dedicated myself to saving the earth from evil people and their dioxin because it's bad. Uh, and and it was, but it was used. Look, the, the the Love Canal event, Dan, was so bad, old farmer, old friend was so bad that they put the pressure on him and Nixon caved and created the EPA. It was in 1971, the EPA, it was either 71 or 72, the EPA was created as a result of Love Canal. That, that's, that, that's, that's what happened. You know what I saw on Twitter yesterday, two days ago? I saw Aaron Brockovich. Aaron Brockovich is, <laughs> is out there going like, uh, is, is warning about Palestine, Ohio, and uh, the danger of exposure to vinyl chloride and dioxins. Um, uh, and it, it just, uh, I just, I can't figure out. It, it just makes no sense to me why all of the official forces are not being brought to bear to put a giant stri- stripe of yellow police tape, do not cross tape, up around the whole vicinity there and tell people, look, 
You just shouldn't. You shouldn't be here. It's dangerous. Yep. Well, I mean, I mean, that was, that was the first example of a town that just disappeared because of because of that. You know, it's kind of like, oh, that's Centralia, Pennsylvania, which is a totally different issue. But I mean, some of these towns just disappear, and that may be what ends up happening here in Ohio. That's right. Um, they just disappear. Now, uh, what I wanted to talk about on Free Farm Friday today, um, we, we talk about livestock uh, and heirloom livestock and, and what have you here. I don't know if you saw the dispersal pattern of the mushroom cloud of burning vinyl chloride, uh, but it probably passed right over Monday Farms. It most definitely did. I did see it, and I was not happy. But well, and maybe that's the maybe that's what happened on Tuesday night because the the pigs did get out, and I had to chase them all over the place. So maybe they were uh, running from it. <laughs> I don't know. But, but, yeah, yeah. but if it rained down, burned vinyl chloride, it is ultimately going to turn into dioxin when it comes back to the earth. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, yeah, for, uh, whether it makes a difference or not, we hadn't had any rainfall. We're only getting some now. So whether enough of it passed over and headed up towards New England before we would have gotten any kind of significant fallout from it. You also have to remember that I, I don't know anymore. I don't even want to check because I don't really – it just – isn't going to make me happy, but no, New Jersey has been the, the number one state for the volume of number of Superfund sites of any state in the union for for decades. Did not know that. <laughs> yes, we we have had, we had we have, we have led <laughs> all those great things. New Jersey leads in the in the total number of Superfunds <laughs> of all fifty states. Yeah, and and, and and when you hear the term Superfund, most people don't know what it is because that's the nineteen eighties, early nineteen nineties thing. Yeah. Uh, the big companies, Dow, and uh, the big companies uh, were sued. Uh, they had to pay into a ginormous lawsuit fund. The federal government of the United States, of course, kicked in $20 billion or whatever, still kicking money in. Um, and this was big, uh, as a result of, of, of sites. As I said, we have a Superfund site within a half a mile from my house. There's a Superfund site. Yeah, I mean, most of ours are along along the East Coast and along the, the you know, where the refineries and all were. But if you, if you remember, I'm sure, I think we, we had this Congress a couple of years ago. I don't know if you remember or not. And I did speak on a place called the Myers Farm, which is only a couple of miles from my place. And it happened to be, I mean, these family bought it in the 70s. They couldn't figure out why their animals were dying. They couldn't figure out why they were getting sick. The mother ended up getting cancer. I don't remember if she died or not. But it was a result of the fact that that property had been a munitions manufacturing site from the First World War. So, and, and uh, now, and it was Myers Farm, you said. Yeah, you can look at my Myers Farm. It's in Hunterdon County, the great county of Hunterdon. And uh, I, you know, it's, it's been a, it was in the seventies when this family bought it. You know, they just bought it as a property to, to homestead on, and uh, it shattered their lives. Uh, now let me bring Brian uh, Brian K in. Brian Cook, uh, Mitter K. So, what is in uh, nitroglycerin? Then I, I assume, or nitric acid? Then is what do you you use to make munitions with? But it's probably. Uh Sorry, I wasn't ready for a chemistry question. Uh, <laughs> Dude, you are captain of the funny memes. You're never ready for a chemistry question. Now, are you ready? No. Are you ready for a Lone Star or a Shiner? Yes, twenty four seven, hunted. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm driving in in, to, in the uh, South Texas brush country. So, well, pay attention to the road, not me. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> you know what. With the, you know, I'm, I was prepared for dioxin. Okay, well, listen. <laughs> All right, forget about the munitions plant. Let's talk about dioxin because I did tell you to brush up on dioxin. Uh, what will happen with that? Uh, uh, you have any idea what will happen with that cloud of particulate matter that was measured by NOAA? And uh, uh, why wasn't that broadcast on CBS Evening News? <laughs> I wonder. Um, and that's a real thing. That stuff ultimately is going to settle back down to the earth somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's like like anything, you know. It's it's going to go and as, as eventually as it rains and precip you know precipitation, rainfall, snowfall, whatever, it's going to come out in it into it until it's all gone and out of the atmosphere, and then it's going to end up back in the soil, and uh, and. And to go back to the to the munitions, if, if, if a lot of times if they're burning uh, different compounds, organic compounds, it doesn't it does it 
you know, vinyl chloride is what we're dealing with now, but, don't, you know, going back to some of these other ones, you know, that's where you're going to get your dioxins. Uh, I know uh, a super fun site uh, on the Houston Ship Channel, San Jacinto River, they call it San Jacinto Waste Pits. It was old paper mill. And whatever process, you know, burning process, that it left dioxins. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's basically in the bottom of the San Jacinto River, uh, when you cross Interstate 10, um, right there, uh, coming in, you know, between Baytown and Houston, and it's ca- and it's capped. So I know exactly uh, where that is. I know, yeah. I know, ex- I wondered what that was. Okay, well now I know what it is because I've actually passed yeah, that. And going like, what the hell is that? Yeah, they have they have all the rocks on it, and a, and a few years ago, the the, the cat broke on it, and all hell broke loose in Houston. Everybody was pissed off about it. But then, um, you know, I'm at a meeting on Wednesday, and I'm asking, a, you know, people about, well, what do y'all think about the Ohio? And they're like, oh, well, no big deal. So they always saw it all the time. And I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm like, so if it made the mainstream media and they told you to be outraged about it, you'd probably be outraged. Yep. But since it wasn't, you know, you weren't told to be outraged, there's no outrage. Yeah, because it was a red state and you were told it doesn't matter. It's just a bunch of MAGA wackos. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. So, well, but I want to go back to it. Let's go back to what, What's the name of the place in Houston, uh, the, the the Superfund site? What'd you call it? They call it the San Jacinto Lake Bay. San Jacinto Lake Bay. Now, let me ask you a question. Uh, during the, the Hurricane Harvey, didn't there wasn't there a storm sur- surge big enough then to, to cover the San Jacinto pit? And if it did, didn't uh, it then pick up the dioxins and wash them inland? Yeah, but supposedly it had the cap on it, and it was it, it, it you know the water couldn't re uh, the water couldn't uh, resuspend it. Okay, and, all right. And but because uh, remember what I talked about on Tuesday, uh, whenever uh, you know like in, in these ship channels and stuff, when they go in and dredge them and, and, and widen them and do all this stuff, you know that these legacy chemicals, be it uh, the dioxins or you know, old pesticides or all this stuff, they're in that sediment. And when you dredge, you resuspend it and put it back and, and get it back in front of, you know, fish and aquatic life and stuff. And and so the, the strategy is not to disturb it uh, until, because when it's, you know, if, if it's in a, you know, a 100-foot channel or, or, or you know, 50-foot channel or whatever, there's no mitigation. You're not going to take it out or anything like that. You'll leave it. When it's... But, yeah, yeah, but when it's contained, like, on the land surface, um, you know, when it, when I was doing my research on it and stuff, you know, we, we're spending a lot of money in Vietnam from my air base um, over there from the Vietnam War that, uh, you know, there's the soil's full of docks and stuff. And what, what they're doing, they're physically digging it up and, and what they call, a, you know, soil wash, and they're using organic compounds and uh, vegetable oils and stuff to uh, wash it out, but then you have a byproduct of a you know a, a volatile chemical. Is so, is there something in that. nature that eats dioxins? I I don't know, and I I'd imagine you know there's something that would eventually you know take it out and or you know break it down to something usable by plants but uh it might be in some of these places at such high levels that you just you, you can't do anything and it ends up becoming systemic in plants and passing on to the animals that's probably what happened to that farm and if it uh, and if it gets into the animals and if the animals get it then you eat the meat then you're going then you're ingesting some dioxin hang on just a second yes yeah. okay so i just did a little quick uh google search about uh what eats dioxins freshwater fish such as carp catfish or buffalo fish eat microscopic plants that absorb dioxins so then you're good like brian was saying on tuesday then you're eating catfish out of a dioxin river well then there's a pretty good chance and you have to limit your consumption then of the fish right brian yeah exactly exactly and it, it's stored in the fat cells like anything i mean you, you know it, you know if we ate something toxic it's stored in our fat cells and um it, it becomes, you know, eventually 
become you know carcinogenic. And uh, you, you know what, Brian, hold that thought right there because I, I want to I want to pivot here. I wanna, uh, go back to Mitter Monday, but Mitter Monday, I want to come back to you with a with a, a thought and then a question. This Superfund sites are no longer a topic of discussion. No one talks about Superfund sites. This is true. But as I, you have one that was is within spitting distance of your farm. There's one right down a half a mile from where I am currently sitting. There's a Superfund site. Right uh, in Covington, I mean uh, in Bogalusa, Louisiana, there is a another Superfund site uh, somewhere on the Chifuncta River. I forget where it is, but where they uh, 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 where munitions were being made. I I, I want to say for the War of Northern Aggression, there are Superfund sites all across the United States. And the, the, one of the primary drivers of, of Superfund sites is something being declared a Superfund site is that there was some manufacturing, uh, high, very volatile, violent, uh, chemical-intensive manufacturing going on there that uh, the, uh, the byproduct of it or the waste from the manufacturing contained either PCBs or dioxins, and they either, A, they pumped it into rivers, or B, they just dispersed it on the land, which explains the Myers farm. This also can explain, then, and uh, to me, the me- meteoric rise, or help explain, the meteoric rise of one, autoimmune disorders. Can't swing a dead cat now and not meet someone that has lupus or some autoimmune disorder. Of course, that could be linked to the jab, too. And number two, the rise, the, the just the, un, the, the unprecedented, unexplainable, inexplicable rise in the amount of children who now test on the autism spectrum. So anyone that says that that's what, no, it's just it's, it's, it's a mutation. It's not a mutation. It's not a tumor. That is environmental. So when we talk about why we need to return to regenerative, there are manufacturing processes that are going on out there right now that simply, Dan, they, there is no viable, there is no safe way to, to dispose of the byproducts short of cordoning off massive areas like the Yucca Mountain. I'm not. That's not a, an apology for Yucca Mountain, but massive areas where the stuff would have to be trucked to, and no human life can ever can ever get near it, and it can't run off into the water supply. Well, and and now this is going to be me speculating. Yeah, speculating a little bit. I'll see if Brian has any input on it. You know, we have a number of places in Jersey too where they call them cancer alleys, and and they've been a little bit under. Dis- investigation of the last couple of decades because there is no record of, well, gee, why is the Tomes River, New Jersey? Well, there's no you know record of, of large-scale manufacturing. I remember reading when I'm going over some of the stuff that somebody, and I thought it was a good analogy, they called soil the kidney of the earth. And if you're going to either kill the kidney or you're going to overload it, it this is where it's going to get down to the water supply. And is, is this migrating, you know, we, we think we know, is this migrating through a lot of the underground water supplies and then turning up other places? One of the problems, and I've read a few of these in Jersey, that they're, you know, just like what we're seeing uh, with the, with the ig- ignorance, ignoring, uh, whatever you want to call it out in Ohio, a lot of this mitigation, and Brian said they, they do a lot, they, they're pumping water out of wells, they're putting it through organic uh, uh, purging systems. They're screwing it up, and then they're contaminating people's properties next to it. And there's one of those on an old paper mill right in Delaware. You ever come up, I'll drive, I'll show you where it is. And the guy next door, he was suing the the, uh, the EPA because they screwed his property up while they were trying to remediate this other property up on the mountain. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, we're spreading it all over the place. And, you know, areas, and again, if you remember at the first Congress I was talking about, there's a lot of places. Another big, you're right, the industrial is probably the biggest, but another big one was is or is legacy agriculture. And a lot of the old uh, pesticide stuff had heavy metals and all. And you come to a place like Jersey where they got rid of all the, the, the orchards and all, and they built houses there, and then the kids are getting sick because they got lead or arsenic. As well, well, yeah, you're building it over where there used to be an apple orchard or a peach orchard, and there's a buildup of the material in the ground. And the kids are out there playing in the dirt or playing in their sandbox and getting sick. 
Yeah, uh, and, 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 and now the person that's, that, that's an apologist for this is going, oh, it's, uh, the earth is so big, and, and the, 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 the percentage of the contamination is so small. It, 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 it's impossible that people could possibly get sick from this and this and that and the other. I used to be one of those people. That is simply not true. It's not true. And by the way, look up dioxin. You don't have to do a Google search. Use any search engine you want. Go get an Encyclopedia Britannica from 1985. Look up dioxins. Dioxins take that. Their half-life is thousands of years. They do not. Water does not. Remember the chick from the Ohio EPA said, ah, the Ohio River will disperse all the, all the vinyl chloride and dioxins. It's a big river. It will certainly not will will not disperse it. It may disperse it, but it will not dissolve it. A dioxin molecule is not dissolved by water. What will happen is is it will ultimately sink, as BK just said, to the bottom of the of the bed of the river or the creek or whatever the body of water is, and predator fish like catfish and carp that feed off the bottom are going to take that in, they're going to eat it, and in their fat cells, is the, the dioxin is going to be stored. But just to think about it, let me, Brian only has five minutes, so this is my last question for Brian. Brian, when they make nitrate, uh, ni uh, nitric acid, when they make nitric acid fertilizers, the, the artificial compounds that everybody is belly aching about that got so expensive last year or two years ago and shut such short supply. Um, and this is as a result of what? Big ag and destructive farming practices. Not only did they destroy the land, the land that they didn't destroy, did they do damage to it with the byproduct of making the fertilizer? I'm sure there are. I mean... You know, you you've always have a waste product when you're going into, you know, making these chemical compounds. And, you know, if, if we look at our history, we had a big uh, supply of uh, ammonium nitrate right after World War II, and we ran out of people to bomb with it. So th the next best thing was to do is put it in the ground and make your grass grow or your crops grow. And, th and, and that's, that's what happened. So... You know, we we have this these these um, areas where you know where we had these munition dumps and and things where we now have super fun sites. Mm. Uh, you know, so it, 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 you can kind of do the math. You know, eventually you're going to reach a point in the system where it's 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 you're it's going to kill it. And and like like Mr. Mundy said, you know, it's 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 the you know soil is the kidney. And, you know, your kidneys can only take so much, you know, pounding before they're gone. And, you know, that, and that's, you know, the, 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 the good thing is, though, through regenerative practices and, and just letting nature take care of things and, and biological function take care of things, it'll be fixed. But, you know, it might be, you know, hundreds of thousands of years, hundreds or thousands, not hundreds of thousands, hundreds or thousands of years to, you know, get the, get rid of those dioxins. Now, in a better situation, when you do have those dioxins, you know, out over the, the environment, it, it it might be, uh, you know, a better situation that, that they're spread out and not as concentrated in areas where they can be mitigated faster or diluted or, or, or other things where they're not being, you know, you know, just, you know, taken up and, 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 basically saturating an area um, you know I, I the better best best scenario is if it didn't happen at all but yes I think you know, dispersal and, and and you know with with a lot of pollutant you know dilution is the solution you know the dilution more, the is solution. the solution I have a I mean, solution what's your solution just let it dissolve in the Ohio River okay next well yeah it, but you know I I'm not advocating for that but no 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 i know you're not but i'm, I'm but, but that doesn't mean there are others who aren't it, it, and we've yeah, heard yeah. them we heard that woman said ah just keep runs into the ohio river the river it just forces it away but to pretend it's not a big deal is not it is not 
good. And, and now, now this would be now, now. No, I know you got to go, but this would be the 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 grave concern to me is I don't know how big the pit was that they dug, where they dug the trenches to get into the giant collection point that they ultimately set on fire. Uh, they, I'm just going to guess that. Maybe they tried to line the pit, but if they tried to line the pit so it didn't soak into the ground, what would they line it with? Plastic tarps. See, you, there's no wind here. So if they pumped it into a pit and it was sitting there and then they incinerated it, that would mean that one million pounds, up to a million pounds of vinyl chloride was sitting somewhere in Palestine, Ohio. And yeah, it is an inescapable conclusion that the kidney... That is, the soil that they dug into to make the pit absorb, who knows, heaven knows how much of a, a vinyl chloride. It is going to be broken down into dioxins. They do have wells there. They do have aquifers there. It's going to get in the water. That, that, oh, yeah. the, the inescapable conclusion from this is vinyl chloride is going to be in that water supply. And like Dan said, this may just have to be, it's, good. it's a ghost town. The people, that God bless them, and we should all pray for them, that lived in East Palestine, Ohio, may just have to move. Yeah. And, and but, you know, the ones in charge, they don't have to deal with that. That's right. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, you have to move. Okay, well, how are you going to help me? You know, you... You screwed up my town. I mean, Norfolk Southern, what'd they give them, $25,000? Oh, they up the ante to fifty. Come on, they're not that tight, uh, Rod. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I mean, it, 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 it's a whole mess, and I think we're just going to continue to see disaster after disaster, um, and, and there's going to be no... Well, look, as as Brian, as the infrastructure and the people needed to run the infrastructure continue to decay and to break down, you should expect more East Palestine, Ohio's. You should expect more paper mills to be shuttered because there's not people to work at them, and then bigger, larger ones that uh, that are probably staffed by Mexicans and Guatemalans. Uh, Where 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 these places are, there's going to be runoff. Uh, that's just yeah. the fi- I mean, and and you can't have uh, life is just it's in it's endangered by its proximity to uh, the, to to these activities. And you know, I think the real you know the one point that the nature Nazis and and uh, some of the environmentalist wackos may have uh, have had a point at some point in time as a civilization we are going to have to sit down and go like okay what. Can we live and flourish without that creates dioxins and other crap that gets into the water and the food and the animals and what have you and ultimately poisons us and gives us, you know, if you track the cancer rates, if you look at the cancer rates on the graph and and your starting year is pre-World War II, it's not even worth arguing. That's because they couldn't test for it. Nabby Adams, John Adams' daughter, died of breast cancer. They diagnosed it in 1812. Okay? Don't tell me that you can't diagnose cancers. We just got better at night. Lie. That's a lie. There's more cancer. What is driving the cancer, Mr. Koch? And you got to go get to your talk. It's, you know, the large amount of endocrine disruptors we have in the environment. Thank you. Be it hormones, be it dioxins, be it. Well, what you know, you put a name on it and you got it, and and it's it's funny because uh, uh, Tracy Stoller just said that uh, he knows now the source of toxic masculinity. You know, we we talked about these toxins being stored in our fat cells, and you know, men like you know we have a little bit of fat cells, so we have we're. Just think of someone who's a four X fat bastard. He's carrying That's around right. two hundred pounds of dioxin. Yeah. <laughs> Toxic masculinity. It is yeah. literally toxic masculinity. <laughs> it's been done to us. Well, hey, where are you and who are you talking to before you go? I am in San Diego, Texas, which is between Corpus Christi and Laredo. Okay. And I'm, I'm uh, talking to the South Texas Association of Soil and Water Conservation Districts. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're we're. I'm talking about a project we have on Baffin Bay down here, um, and some work we're trying to do and help uh, help get the bay back because it's been 
overloaded with nutrients and things due to land use change and and other things that have happened over the years. So um, that's 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 what I'm talking about. Well, best uh, go break a leg on uh, now. Don't break a upper part of your arm or a leg. No, or crack a rib. <laughs> I'm I'm being extra careful. Okay. So uh, go uh, go knock them dead, and uh, thank you, God bless you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. God bless everybody, and thanks to everybody again for the prayers. Felicity is doing great, and we will find out soon if she's getting her permanent cast today. So okay. just keep praying. All right, you you got it, brother. Thank you. All right, uh, Mid or Monday, but before I go back to you, there's a letter that uh, Mitters O'Connell just uh, uh, dug up from Alan H. Shaw who is the Norfolk Southern Railroad. I guess he's the CEO, COO, CFO, whatever the hell he is. Uh, when I visited East Palestine last week, you told me how the train derailment has upended your lives and how concerned you are about the safety of your air, water, and land. Many of you have also reached out to North Norfolk Southern to share your fears, your anger, and your frustration. I hear you. We hear you. I know you also have questions about whether Norfolk Southern will be here to help make things right. My simple answer is that we are here and will stay here for as long as it takes to ensure your safety and to help East Palestine recover and thrive. What if that's just not possible, though, sir? Your great intentions notwithstanding. Uh, our work is underway. Crews are cleaning the site thoroughly, responsibly, and safely. Our Family Assistance Center is helping community members meet immediate needs. Together with local health officials, we have implemented a comprehensive testing program to ensure the safety of East Palestine's water, air, and soil. And we have established a $1 million community support fund as a down payment on our commitment to help rebuild. But our work is far from over as we continue cycling up the NTSB moves forward with its investigation and necessary envi environmental testing is carried out. I promise to keep you updated every step of the way. I know there are still a lot of questions without answers. I know you're tired. I know you're worried. We will not let you down, Alan H. Shaw. Well, I'll give him an A for, the, for effort, Mr. Mundy. But it may be the case, Dan, old farmer, old brother, old friend, that you just can't clean that place and make it a place for human flourishing ever again. Well, that's that's true, and I mean, there's another legacy term there. You were laughing at that. The solution to pollution is dilution. That's not like super fun. That's an old old legacy. Battered <laughs> about, but I mean, historically, again, let's look historically how the government handles this. How many decades did Love Canal go on before they finally came up with some money to buy out the people who just didn't cut bait and leave and restart lives other places? Decades, people lost. Again, I bring up Centralia, Pennsylvania. It really wasn't a chemical thing. It was the coal fires under there. But for decades, we're talking about 30, 40 years, the government just pissed around and ignored it and said it was somebody else's problem. And, well, we're not going to have, we don't got any money for that. And let these people just lose their lives and lose their legacy, lose their town, and not even give them a chance. And, you know, I'm not one to, to say, hey, I hit the lottery. You owe me money for the rest of my life so I can go out and play golf and eat out in the restaurant every night. <laughs> but, but, you know, but, 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 you know I, I mean, there was a, you've destroyed my life. You, it's, you know, so, well, pick up and go. Don't say, well, what do I do with my house that you've just made valueless? What do I do with my business that I, you know, I've built up that I, I cannot necessarily just pick up and move? So this, you know, I, 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 A for effort, but, I mean, are, are they really committed to acknowledging the magnitude of the problem, giving people the opportunity who want to get out at least a fighting chance to go do it without, uh, I, I doubt it. It would seem to me, now, that, and this is just me thinking out loud here, and I don't have an answer, by the way, but uh, it would seem to me that transporting this volatile stuff crisscrossing the United States is a, is a stupid idea to begin with. It would seem to me that you would want to try and figure out how in an isolated environment where there aren't any people nearby or, may, or, or, or many people nearby, you would want to make the vinyl chloride near where the where the polymer part of uh, the polyvinyl chloride, the PCV, uh, PVC pipe, uh, is made. So you don't have to transport it. Now, again, well, you're still making, you're still creating the condition under which Dioxins are going to be created. Now, somebody's going to have to say, yeah, but look at all the, the benefits of human life. PCV pipe is better for you than lead pipe. How do you know that? How, how do you know that pumping water through decades 
through PVC pipe and drinking it is better than drinking it out of a copper line or out of a lead line. Now, we know that lead leaches into water. It's a small quantity, and it takes many, many decades for it to build up in your brain so that you get lead poison, and then, then you know, get Dane Bramage, which is irreversible. Um, we know that this happens, okay? That's why there aren't any more lead pipes. Um, has anyone ever done Was there ever a study? Did any epidemiologists ever do an epidemi epidemiological study? over the use of PVC pipes for plumbing, for drinking, drinking water lines in houses. You know, um, it, is, it, it is said now, and, and now I'm thinking, because I'm getting ready to build a house, why should I pump my water through what I know is just made solid vinyl chloride, Dan? There's this stuff called PEC. It's yep. inexpensive. Like it it costs almost nothing. It's a joke that you even have to pay for it. You can plumb your whole house yourself with this peck tubing. But at the end of the day, peck is what? It's vinyl chloride. So I can oh, forego yeah. the old school plumber who would come in with copper pipes and with a soldering torch and elbow joints and what have you and would come in and would solder and put copper pipes in in exchange for the simplicity and the ease of use of using peck. Now I'm an old geezer, so I don't know that I would uh, I could build up enough dioxins in me by running my water through peck pipes. Uh, but you see my point. Well, well, definitely. And by and by the way, with copper pipes, don't forget they change they change the solder content. You go go talk to old plumbers. The new solder doesn't work. They changed that because of lead content many years ago already as well. And there are new technologies. There's clamping. There's shark bite. There's all kinds of different technologies for these things. But you answer, you know you know the answers to the question, miniature scale. Why do we do this and truck it scale, all over the that's right. gigantic sites? It's all got to do with scale. And in, in pre, you know, I mean, because you know, we want to be able to go buy, you know. Remember who, in, you, know, when, you know, really the number one plastic is not PVC, it's polyethylene. That's the number one used plastic in the world. And I know some of this because I, when, when I used to work for the Great Union Carbide, which of course no longer exists. Uh, uh, and why doesn't it exist? So got bought up by Dow. Okay. Uh, well, okay. you know, the, the downfall of that company was was the Bhopal disaster. That was the downfall of the company. That and and I mentioned this the other day. People don't know where Bhopal. Bhopal was a a, a town in India, right? Yeah. Yes, it was India. And a Dow Chemical or Union Carbide plant. What it, it, it exploded? Well, no, no it, 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 there was a rupture and there was a gas leak that killed the basically the shanty town that was built up around the fence and around the perimeter of the plant because people lived in cardboard, literally lived in cardboard boxes and built up shanties uh, around the plant either trying to get work or looking for you know other opportunities to make money off the plant so yeah they, they died because of the cloud that was dispersed because of the release so uh, so a couple of thousand a couple of thousand people but you know in, in a previous life you know life when I did I, I can tell you I we I did do some work on rail cars, but it was more to, to transport the inert thing like finished polyethylene. But catalysts that take the monomers and create the polymers. I mean, Union Carbide was the one. Remember the man from GLAD and all that? that I do remember the man from GLAD. He's talking about an old they, 1970s, 60s, 70s te yeah. television ad. Yeah, you can still go buy GLAD plastic. I mean, that, that was the beginnings of, you know, once they said, okay, we can make these plastics, what do we do with them? Well, a company like Carbide, which at the time got big into consumer products, making, doing all kinds, making baby diapers and ever-ready batteries, and they were looking for ways to promote the use of their product. And that's what got destroyed when Bhopal happened, and they had to sell all that off. Blah, blah, blah. But I, I used to make, I used to have to design and test uh, vessels to take the, 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 the um, the reactive material that would start, the catalyst that would start, where you put in a reactor and take monomers and turn them into polymers, so they could be transported to various sites and plants. And, I mean, there, there was a whole thing, this is 20 years ago, and a lot of it's changed, but, no, we, we had to certify the vessels. You know, we, we take these tanks, we used to put them on chains and dump them over 100 degrees and see what would happen if we dumped up from 10 feet. There was a whole federal code of regulations that we had to meet. And then we had to do recertification. We even did it when we put it out in a, uh, we sat in a bunker, and I did not witness that, but that was done in the initial design, where they put them out in the middle of the field out in Texas and sat in a bunker and, and, and uh, filled it with gasoline and put a fire around it and waited until it exploded to do testing on now, it. Now, let me, so, let me ask, let me ask, pardon me for just a moment. Yep. Ethylene, so the, the, the other form of plastic, that is that ethylene glycol? 
that's another byproduct of what you can get out of that. Yes, you you crack you crack. Uh, um, so a catalyst to ethylene glycol will turn it into some form of a plastic. That's another. You do. There are various monomers you can do with. I'm not. I'm not the chemical guy. And I okay. Right. Right. Neither, neither am I. I, I, I mean, used to make it go. But yes, you take the variable uh, various monomers and you use the catalyst to have them combine and create polymers. So you're okay. taking these plastic chains, you know, carbon and the carbon and oxygen and hydrogen chains, and putting them together in whatever format you wanted. And that's why you got some plastics that are flexible and some that are like we were talking about the burning. Uh, 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 pot plant down in Florida. That probably wasn't PVC. That was probably thermoformable plastic, which would have been a, a, a form of polyethylene. The thermoform, you know, they put it in a mold, they put heat it, they put pressure on it, you know, whoop, pops out as a, a pot. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's Shazam! Shazam! Uh, <laughs> so pops like, the oh, trash can! <laughs> you know, yeah, there's like six or seven major, major pot. No, plexiglass, plexiglass is another one of polymers, but, you know, yeah, like, like the PVC, I think, is the number third or number fourth most common. PET. You'll hear a lot about PET because uh, uh, that's the one they're trying to get everybody, we're trying to get everybody to you know, replace the polyethylene is because it is really recyclable. You actually can melt it down and reuse it. A lot of the poly, you know, other, other ones, you can't do that. So when it comes to the recycling technology, they were trying to put. But them, now we know, them. though, if you melt, if you burn or you melt or you heat up uh, plastics, then you are then uh, you you are uh, uh, by design then because you're heating them up, uh, you are making dioxins. Yes. In that process, you are making dioxins. Look, here's what I would say is the takeaway: people are going, "What does it have to do with farming?" It has a lot to do with farming. It has a lot to do with everything. As, as Mr. Mundy says, scale. Uh, and, and it's think of what they did to us with the high fructose corn syrup. The exact same process that you mentioned that Union Carbide and the Dow Chemical did. Well, we have this stuff called plastic. What are we going to do with it? We have to do something with it. We can make a lot of money if we can figure out what we can do with it. So things, cases that used to be made out of wood or metal or some other uh, naturally occurring substrate that you could mold or you could bend or you could sculpt or shape or whatever the case may be, then got replaced by this stuff called injection plastic molding. Now... Again, did anyone ask the question, yes, we can do it. Okay, should we? Should we? So th th this, to me, the same thing with the high fructose corn syrup. Yes, we can do it. Okay, should we? We now know that heaven knows how many millions of souls have been killed, maimed, suffered early death, all kind of all manner of diseases are living unhealthy, miserable lives today as a result now of nearly the entire food supply being tainted at some level with high fructose corn syrup. You know, you have to actually read labels and read them thoroughly to determine whether or not there's any of that crap in there. And then again, it may there may be an ingredient in something that you are buying in a process, as a processed food that contained that was made with high fructose corn syrup. So no one stopped to ask the FDA uh, a rubber stamped high fructose corn syrup. Well, we now know, if you're looking back, if you can't admit that that was a disaster, a health disaster, why isn't it being phased out? I mean, the, the science on this is known. This is known. It causes type 2 diabetes. It causes pancreas to shut down. It's probably responsible for the rise of pancreatic cancer. It, does, it, 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 causes, it, it, it causes weight gain. I mean, the evidence, the scientific evidence is clear about the detrimental effects of high fructose corn syrup and consuming uh, portions of it, large portions of it in your diet. So why hasn't it been, you know, they want to protect us from all these things they keep telling us, they want to protect us from COVID and the corona doom, what have you. Why don't they want to protect people from high fructose corn syrup? Why isn't it being phased out? Again, because government, I mean, what would Patrick Henry think about this, Mitter Monday? It doesn't care. It is, it, it just, it doesn't. And it's incapable. It is incapable now of addressing what it has already ruined. That much is oh. evident. That, and Dan, you and I, uh, anti-big government types, are our entire adult lives. That much is evident now. The Leviathan cannot fix and will not fix or repair itself. Therefore, it has to be dismantled. Maybe you just walk away and let it atrophy until it dies. There may be no other other choice. I mean, I, I, we know why. Scale. Scale. And, 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 and liability. 
and whether that liability comes from from somebody going to you know going to sue for their reparations for whatever they believe was caused, or the or the liability of of the loss of yeah, you know, it's easy to sit there and say, well, we're we're just going to close that down. Well, it's only it's going to hurt rich stockholders. Well, the way it's structured now, we're, we're all rich stockholders or poor stockholders. You know, the rip, the ripple effect would be, I couldn't even imagine what it would be like. I mean, you're, it's either got to fall catastrophically or, or there's, there's no way to wind this down. Okay, I want to... Everybody's, everybody's going to be a victim. Or, that's right. Or claim they're a victim. All right, let's wrap up with this. I, I, I want to talk about solutions because the Congress is coming up. We're going to talk um, about uh, the culture, going to alter culture and trade. Uh, you will be on the trade part. Uh, let, let's talk about this for a minute. Well, what can you do about it? Mm-hmm. Because this is the problem. And people need to discuss. We need to get together. We need to discuss, okay, what can we do about it? And this is not a knock on Tom Moynihan. Please do not take it as such. Because the man is, to me, in my estimation, is, is heroic for what he tried to do. So the guy that founded uh, Domino's Pizza, Tom Moynihan, or Monahan, Moynihan, whichever it is, forgive me. I, I haven't studied the man's life, but I know a little bit about it. Uh, took some of his fortune, uh, and and he was a Catholic. Took some of his fortune and was seeing the same thing that you and I are talking about right now. This is about 25, 30 years ago. And he decided he was going to do something about it with his money. So what did he do? He, he found Domino Farms. What? He created Domino Farms. Oh, no, no, no. Well, he may have, but what did he? what else did he do? He founded a university. It's called Ave Maria. It is in a little town in Florida. Well, well, how did the town get there? Moynihan built it. So this was the idea. He wanted. He basically tried to construct a little new Christendom village. Put a university at the center of it. He went out and recruited the world's smartest men, Joseph Pierce among them. And they began. Now, again, this is not a knock on Moynihan. It's not a knock on the idea. But you can, th- this is something that's going to have to happen organically. And that is you have to organically build Ave Marias. Now, because if you don't organically build it, then you take the organic, you take the natural, then you take the, you, you at some level, you remove at least some and maybe the necessary parts of the supernatural. So you can't come to the Congress, and I hope all of you are, are, are jonesing for the registration to go online, and it will soon. You can't come to the Congress and expect, well, we're, what are we going to We're going to build new towns. I, you, if, you do, if it's not done organically, it won't work. All you're going to do is, I say in the email that I sent out, we don't want a parallel economy, darn it. The parallel economy that we're going to Christianize the economy. The process is out of scale. The process contains so much usury in it, it's sinful. You don't want a, you don't want a parallel economy that has, supposedly has Christian values in it. I suppose that would be an improvement. You want a Christian one. Why? Because it would be in scale. And I, I don't even... You, I can say I want a natural law economy, Mitter Monday. You and I could say, well, you know, we come from two different denominations. I don't want a Christian one. I don't want a Catholic one. Okay, well, let's call it a natural law one. If you had a natural law, nature-based economy, well, first of all, you wouldn't call it an economy. you call it a village. <laughs> you wouldn't measure its success in gross domestic product. You'd measure it in human flourishing by families, building beautiful things, and living healthy lives. This is the mindset here. You know, Brian Brian preaches it. I've heard you preach it. You know it. You actually try and live it. But this is what we have to communicate. And apparently I stink at doing it because I haven't won very many converts. Um, and uh, I'm pretty good at preaching to the choir, though. So this is what I, the, the, this to me is I am resolved in my mind that I will spend the remainder of my days trying to solve or working at that problem. That challenge. That's a very- yeah. How, how much more noble of a calling can you have, editor, other than being being a, a herdsman? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's noble, and that's not only noble, that's sacrificial at some time. But being oh, a wife yeah, is probably more sacrificial. <laughs> no, <laughs> they put up with more than we put up with. <laughs> True enough, but when you get a call at 7 o'clock at night and it's already dark and they say, you know, your pigs are out. 
that that you know, that, that kind of kind of deflates the whole day, especially when you're only halfway through the bourbon you're drinking. <laughs> you I know your pigs are out. No, I finished the I finished the cigar. I was halfway through the bourbon, and I get the call. I said, "You know the pigs are out." And I'm like, "Uh, boy, I'm glad I didn't finish the whole bourbon." <laughs> Until afterwards, anyway. Yeah, farming while intoxicated is not not good. <laughs> F U I. <laughs> You know, Farming I mean, under the influence. That, that, that's how Brian K. falls off all these ladders and burns barns down. He, he's practicing F U. He, 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 he is a serial F U I offender. Well, we got to be careful here because you know, his daughter sees him falling off of things. And, you know, I mean, next thing you know, that next thing you know, Dyfus will be in there saying, uh, "We're going to teach you how to treat, uh, uh, teach your children." And her imitation of Dad, she wants. I want to fall off. <laughs> Oh gosh, Brian! Hey, Poor guy. He, he's the brunt of our jokes. It's terrible. All right, so we're going to wrap this up by saying that um, uh, again. I believe that the the prudent course of action is this. It this process. We need to find a way to do it another way. Let the earth begin to work out the damage here, but don't cause any more harm. Agree that look. This is not good. Um, and I don't know how that's going to happen. Well, you know, a divine intervention is how it's going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> that's how it's going to happen. Miramundi, a great free farm Friday. Thank you, brother. What are you up to? Uh, is, it, is it still frozen tundra in New Jersey? No, we didn't really have a lot. of We had a couple of days of uh, weeks over the winter, but this has been a very, very mild winter for the mid-Atlantic. I know up New England and up, up, Upper Maine. I mean, I have people with relatives up there. It's been rather cold. I mean, we've been nothing but mud city. And finally got a little break in not having you know, two inches of rain or more a week, you know, three or four days of rain. So that's great. No, it's not. Not in the middle of winter. But uh, no, right now, well, I'm, I'm all prepped and got everything ready. I'm waiting for some sheep to be born, some lambs to be born. Uh, the pigs are leaving over the next couple of weeks, and there's a whole bunch of poultry of you know, various things. The poll was insisting I raise some geese this year, so there's a whole bunch of poultry coming my what, way. Are you your farmer, or are you the poll's farmer? Well, the, the poll is like, you know, saying, enter monthly, please. You know, I can't get Mrs. Poll to move away from the city, so I have to come out there and help, help you run your farm. And, you know, that's a... And, he, and, he, and he's keeping your secret, too. I tried to get him out of him. So he said, I, I made the promise. I cannot tell you. I didn't. Oh! Uh, uh, I knew that he would. And uh, he... Uh, I've shared it with three people now that, that they now know uh, what the uh, secret project is, uh, which I could release today, but I, I just I, I want to do a, a Steve Jobs, and I want to go... and. Wait, there's one more thing. <laughs> I really, I've been wanting to do that my entire adult life, and I've never had the chance. So I'm going to do it, but there's one more thing, uh, brother. I got to go. We're out of time. Yep. Thank you. God bless you. Keep yep. up the great work. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll everybody. We're, we're going to keep up the work. That's for sure. I know how great it is. We'll keep it up. <laughs> keep up the work. Yep. All right, brother. Yeah. Thank you very okay. much. That's a, a Mitter Monday, the old.